Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your Star Wars show from a galaxy far, far away. And Happy New Year to you. Hope you're doing well. We are back after the Christmas hiatus, back with a renewed, fresh bit of gumption. And we're going to get our heads down and do some badass Star Warsery this year. I keep saying the word badass because I've binged Cobra Kai. And so now everything is badass or pussy. You're either badass or pussy. So thanks, Johnny Lawrence. Well, that one. And I know that Gaz has been binging it as well, so when I bring you on in a second, I'm expecting him to come out with some little, uh, little anecdote. R.E. Cobra Kai. But this is not a Cobra Kai podcast, it's a Star Wars podcast. And bringing you this week, of course, we're going to dig into a bit of a, just what went on in 2020 with Star Wars. In particular, we're going to talk about the High Republic, the Mandalorian, and things like Empire Strikes Back turning 40. We're going to dig into some of that real interesting stuff. But also, look ahead to 2021 before we resume our normal format next week where we talk about the news reviews and of course the random spotlight so it's going to be an interesting one well you know who knows where this is going to go it's a happy new year happy new show happy new episode so joining me in the pilot seat i'm the navigator where are we going oh i've been to hull well is that really traveling hmm he is the actual driver the main man mr gary how are you doing dude happy new year again how do you do, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to our listeners as well. I hope you all had a good Christmas break and a, and a happy New Year. And it was all good and keeping safe and healthy. Bloody lockdown, mate. Bloody lockdown again. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Ah, Bloody oh. COVID. Never catch on, is what they said. Same as the internet. Now look at us. Yeah, here we are. So Bojo, he's one of those people that I, I don't really like him as a person, but he rubs off on me. So I keep using the word alas all the time now. And it's, it's bugging yeah. the hell at me. So instead of using instead of, instead of that, I'm using alas, thanks to Bojo, because I watched like a million news conferences. So yeah, it's been a great Christmas break. I, it was really good to unplug. I know you do the similar thing, mate. You just come off socials for a bit and, and unplug. So it was great just to just to not have to deal with um, with uh, online-y stuff. But I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm going to have to disappoint you some more, though. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, man. Like kicking off 2021. Yeah with a bit of disappointment, but uh, I've not watched any Cobra Kai yet. Loser. I'm pussy, right? That makes me a pussy. Mm. Yeah. You are not badass. What? You've not watched any of it? Not one episode, dude. So I saw, um, I saw like everybody on Twitter talking about it a few days ago or a week ago. I was like, right, I really should watch this because I'm a fan of the first two movies. Yeah, I'm a fan. Obviously. What? What about this? What about third one, Terry uh, Silver? Yeah. To be honest, he was the only good thing about it. If I'm being honest, because the yeah. story plot was very thin, man. We're, it we're, was weak. We are talking thin, but he was. I think he was the best one. You know, the best thing about the film. But 
so yeah, and I saw everybody talking about it, and then I, t- you know, I tweeted out, and you and you know, and our good buddy Kieran was like, "Yeah, man, you've got you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it." So I've got it down on the list, but mate, I just haven't had a chance to um to dive into it yet. So I will um I'll have a bit of a binge over the over the weekend and report back. But I trust you. I trust you. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I think you'll like it. It's definitely just a nostalgia kick, and uh, it kind of gets it gets more storified as it goes on because the first like. The first season is just, oh, this is just nostalgia. Thus, it's the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> so it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I'd be keen to know what you think about that one. Um, we should do a Cobra Kai podcast because no one's done that one. Um, you know, we could call it Podra Kai or something. Oh. I don't know. Oh. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I can't get a word in Edwards. Oh. Here's an original name. The Cobra Kai podcast. Can nobody would think of that. No. So we're good. And they'd put the word podcast on the cover so that when you're looking in the podcast apps and you're like, oh, mm. Cobra Kai. Oh, it says the word podcast on the cover, so it must be a podcast, even though I'm looking oh, in the podcast app. Thank God. God for putting that on. Thank heavens, because oh. I was confused. Am I going to watch a movie or listen to a podcast? Oh. This is, is this a vodcast, Gary, or is it a podcast? Is it a vodcast? <laughs> the key. <laughs> The Cobra Kai show. What did you say? Cobra Kai show. The, the pod record. What did you say? Yeah, it was, mine was crap. Okay. Mine was crap. Cobra Kai show works. I'm up for that. Anywho, Star let's get Wars. back to Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's been a while. We've, we've barely touched the office as well. So this is going to be a long one. Rusty. This is going to yeah. be a long one. Hey, listen up. I need to give a shout out to Denise. Denise has uh, joined us on Patreon. So, you know, we've got a fantastic patron in Pascal Fintoni. He's a friend of ours. He's uh, he's a charmingly handsome chap. Uh, one of the top three most handsome listeners that we've got, I think. Uh, I don't want to say whereabouts <laughs> you are, Pascal. I'm gonna let you gonna let you fight that out, but you're certainly top three, mate. And uh, so I got an email. In fact, two things happened. I got two emails. I got an email from Patreon saying Denise Fintoni has joined you on Patreon. I was like, this is brilliant because, of course, we run a Patreon if you want some badass swag, which we can now start to send again because I'm allowed to get back in the office so I can send some stickers out. And uh, I thought, oh, this is good. She's got the same name as Pascal. I wonder if, wonder if she knows him. And then Pascal emailed me and said, dude, never told you, but Denise is a huge fan and she's just joined up <laughs> on Patreon. So Denise, thank you so much. This is awesome. Or as Johnny Lawrence would say, this is badass. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being a fan. Um, it, it's, uh, guys, it amazes me when people actually get in touch, you know, about a podcast. Because like, I'm talking to you just now on Zoom. Like, We talk crap all the time. And it just so happens that we record it when we talk Star Wars. But you know when, like, someone gets in touch saying that they listen, it's still, after all these years, like, the weirdest thing. I don't know if you're still weirded out by it, but I'm still freaked out by it, dude. So, yeah, Denise, you've made my day. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Denise. That's awesome. Welcome aboard to the Falcon. It's good to have you. Good to have you on the show. It's, um, I know exactly what you mean, dude, because it kind of, because podcasting has still got a kind of radio feel to it for obvious reasons, right? So in the world of radio, unless you do the good old-fashioned phone-in, which we should probably do at some point, then you have very little in a way of two-way comms, right? So it's very much, uh, we're just putting stuff out and people consume it. So it's great when when you have that like, oh, wow, someone's actually listened. <laughs> like Somehow like <laughs> likes the waffle and decides to join up. So that is awesome, dude. Love it. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that if we had some media training and some podcast training in how to be better radio hosts, they'd be like, cut out the office references, no one gets them. 
put a structure in place and we'd just, and that's when we'd kick him out the door. We're not here for that. And that's Denise, why you are here. So thanks for putting up with our office references. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about last year in Star Wars and what's coming up the next year in Star Wars. But before we get to that and dig into really, you know, some some specifics and some, I've got no doubt some broad ranging chats about what, what's gone before and what's coming up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to drop you in this one, guys. Single favourite piece of Star Wars content. What's your favourite piece of Star Wars content from the last year? From the last year has got to be a bit of an obvious one, but it's got to be the season two finale episode of Mando. That, that one episode by itself was just <clears throat> some of the best Star Wars and we'll come on to it later, and it's causing a bit of a problem, <laughs> ironically, at Lucasfilm, but it's it's one of the best pieces of just classic-feeling Star Wars. And I think it's one it's, it's the bit of Star Wars that's in a long... Like, the only thing that's made me well up and almost blubber, like a stupid man-child. I think it's, like, the only bit of Star Wars that's made me do that in so long. So, yeah, that for me, dude. What about you? Yeah, similar. Um, I, I, it was just so well executed the cgi was a little weird and that still freaks me out but like getting past that bit you know that was the only bit that stopped the tears because i was like oh oh okay you know what i mean that's like the bit where you catch yourself but everything up to that was just yeah it was it was like you said it was silly blubbering man child stuff so i agree with that um but i've got to say the close second and it, it's it's a close second for different reasons is fallen order um i'm i'm not i'm not i've not you've still not finished it i'm just now playing it and i'm about three quarters of the way through it um, but just that content, dude, even though I'm playing it on an Xbox One S, which is crap, um, like it looks terrible because it just can't cope with it, but the story and the gameplay and everything around it is just fantastic. So it's a close second, but it's a close second for different reasons. Um, it's more for the immersive nature of it. And I, it would be difficult not to pinpoint that last episode of Mando season two, but Fallen Order, I'm just, I have, I've just enjoyed that since it landed on the doormat, dude. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Fallen Order. Because there are times when, because I've played through it once and and that was the story done. And I started playing through it, I think about a month ago, roughly. I started playing through it again. And I didn't, in, I'm not enjoying it as much the second time round. But I, th- I think that's just because my attention was, you know, drawn elsewhere with Star Wars. I started reading a new book and then uh, watching through the Mando and then some other stuff on, on Disney Plus and whatnot. So I thought I just think my mind was wasn't in the whole Cal Kestis kind of story at the time, but there's no doubt about it. It was a cracking. It, it was probably one of the best things to happen, not just for Star Wars gaming, but one of the best things to happen for Star Wars because it really busted open that whole. In in a similar way to the High Republic, which we we'll get onto later, in a similar way that we don't need to have everything skywalker we don't need mm-hmm. the, you know the entire universe to be uh, rotating around luke or anakin or the whole skywalker thing so for that reason alone it's just wonderful just to escape into that it still feels like absolutely star wars doesn't it you, you absolutely are you know knocking around as a jedi in the world of star wars it's awesome but it's just refreshing not to bump into a a, a big name character so for that reason it's it's awesome yeah yeah, I agree, dude. And what what's interesting about it, and we'll get onto this, I think, when we talk about High Republic and uh, even some of the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary stuff, is that um, 
it feels like now, you know, obviously there were the old legends and, and, and there's a lot of talk about Thrawn coming back um, in the, not only the Ahsoka TV series, but, you know, this kind of Defenders-esque, um, multi-show kind of collaborative story approach that, that you're going to get with Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka and Mando and maybe the Book of Boba Fett as well. Um, and this idea that... that um, you know, back in whatever, 91, I think it was like the whole Hair to the Jedi, Hair to the Empire stuff, sorry, was like, that was Thrawn's introduction. It's like nearly 30 years ago. And it took such a long time for everything to be fleshed out that was not Skywalker, or even if it was Skywalker, it was Skywalker from a different angle, you know, the Mara Jade and the, the twins and all that kind of good stuff. And it feels like now you know, what, seven, eight years after Lucasfilm was acquired, almost that there's just enough of this extra material to start to make it interesting again. And it, and, and I think what's fascinating with this as well is that we finished 2019 with the end of the Skywalker saga and we finished 2020 with the first appearance of Luke outside of anything else other than the Skywalker. So you're like, well, wait a second. What a weird sort of bookend to the year. You know, we started with the end of Luke and we ended with the beginning of this version of Luke that we've never seen. So it was kind of this weird juxtaposition records that we were able to kind of find ourselves in. Like, you want less Skywalker. You do, because there's so much more to be told. But dude, you want more Skywalker. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a weird beast Star Wars is for that reason. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, on one hand, you could view it as Star Wars fans are just never happy. It's like we give you loads of Luke and you don't like it. And then we don't give you any Luke and you want more Luke. Like, make your minds up. But on the other hand, I think we're selling Star Wars. Well, the majority of Star Wars fans short, really, with that. I think for very good reasons. I think they just want Luke to be seen. It's kind of difficult with... You need to take your nostalgia goggles off a little bit. But I think people just want to see Luke being badass Luke, really. I mean, I think, yeah, it's interesting. I've not thought about it like that before. Yeah, we, we finished up one year with Luke and then finished up the next with another version. It's uh, There's plenty of Luke. And then we've also got a lot of Luke to come in the Lego Star Wars game that's coming out at some point this year. So that whole Lego Skywalker saga game, there's going to be plenty of that stuff. And then outside of that, are we going to get any more Luke for anything? Other than like little mini Luke running around in the Obi series, maybe. Don't know. Well, you mentioned that it caused a problem. Tell us a little bit about that. You mentioned that you know Luke Skywalker was, was fantastically placed and Mark Hamill repri reprising that role um, in Mando season two finale. But you said that it caused a few problems or you said it was leading to a few kind of challenges. Like what, what's the sitch there? Right, yeah. So this is something that, and I don't, I don't mean this as in, I know 100% that there is a problem. It, it's just... Um, All right, Doomcock. <laughs> exactly. It's um, it's more like you can just feel like the tide of fandom shifting over to a different place than what it was. So, uh, And I'm talking about Lucasfilm and, and Disney in general. So w over the past few years, we know that Kathleen Kennedy has been a target for um, for, for fans doing their crust, you know, and, and, and saying that she's not, she shouldn't be there and all that stuff. And... Uh, there, there wasn't really anything that you could do about it because the Star Wars films that she was essentially in charge of, the sequel trilogy, there was nothing else to to 
counterbalance that. You know, it was like, these are the films that we want to make and that's it. But since the Mando's been out, and especially season two, especially the last half of season two, all of fandom has pretty much just kind of veered over to like, we want Filoni and Favreau to be in charge of Star Wars. And that leaves Kathleen Kennedy out on the out on the ledge a little bit like, yeah, but what about me? You know, I gave you these awesome films. And I was like, mm, you might have thought they were awesome, but you know, what these guys are doing over here, that's the awesome stuff. And there's been loads of, blog posts and YouTube videos around just how much like I've seen a lot of videos titled things like um, Favreau and Filoni fixing Star Wars and all that stuff. And we spoke about it a little bit before we broke up for Crimbo that it's really cool the way that they kind of dip into these other areas of Star Wars, non-mainstream, even some of the EU stuff and pluck little bits out and use it in the Mando and stuff. And I think that's what fans are just really want more of, which is why I imagine they announce so much stuff to go out on Disney Plus, I suppose, just because fans really want that non-main Luke Skywalker stuff. However cool that is, they they just want this other stuff. So I think in a nutshell, they kind of label the sequel trilogy movies as a Kathleen Kennedy era of, whether you agree with it or not, a failed era of Star Wars. And they label the other cool stuff as a Favreau and Filoni successful era of Star Wars. So I'm not suggesting for one second that there's a meeting with those guys and Kathleen Kennedy's like, what are you doing? You make me look bad. And they're like, yeah, we just want to make good Star Wars. And she's kicking off. I'm not saying that, but in terms of fandom, it's making her situation even worse, I suppose, because these guys are saying, look, this is how you do Star Wars. If you'd have involved us in the films, it potentially could have been a lot better. So yeah, there's not so much as a, like she's going to hand a notice in. She's got three months. It will go like, like slowly as hell, but you know, it's probably all good, but yeah, that's just the thing, dude. I feel like fandom's just veering over to the Filoni Favreau era. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And I, I think, you know, any fandom looks for someone to blame. And I think, you know, people like the Doomcocks of the world have been really, forcing clickbait crap out to to really kind of just perpetuate these rumours. Um, and there's never an objective look at it. You know, there's never an objective look at it. But I think, I think you, you, you know, you, you mentioned there like these two kind of phases of post-Lucasfilm on-screen Star Wars. And I think you're right, you know, the Kennedy, quote-unquote, Kennedy era, quote-unquote, Fav and Filoni era, um, and it, it kind of makes me wonder that the amount of fan service that was in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, it wasn't any less than what was in The Mandalorian. It was just badly done. And it was like The, the Mandalorian, and I don't know why, because it must have been the same people signing this off. But it's like the man, you can remember when, when Rise of Skywalker came out and it sort of didn't have the balls and we talked about it not quite having the balls to stay the course of The Last Jedi, which I think would have been a far better film had it stayed the course of, you know, that's done, Last Jedi is done, let's take it, let's accept it, it is what it is, let's carry that story on, let's have the balls to do it. Or <clears throat> if we're going to go Force Awakens, if we're going to go back to that and try and retcon a little bit, let's go really deep into this and let's really do fan service like either either of those you would have thought would have made a better movie but the fan service and the nostalgia and the 
you know, the screen time of people like Lando and Wedge Antilles and all these people that were supposed to add this layer of fan service. Like that that cumulative time is no more than the Luke Skywalker scene in Mandalorian or the um the, the cantina scene on Tatooine or the Boba Fett stuff. It's just done better in the Mandalorian because it seems like the connectivity is is there. Like they understand not just what the fans want, but why they want it and how they want it because they're coming from a place of fandom themselves. Um, and I think if you're a fan of Star Wars, especially a fan that's, you know, a key, bit of a keyboard warrior, bit of a, you know, Star Wars fan can be, they, Star Wars fans can be complete asses. Um, and I think if you're of that ilk, it's easy to just do a very simple kind of Boolean this or that split, Kennedy or not Kennedy. Favon Filoni or not Favon Filoni. And I, it, it sort of, that you're right, then it distills down into these eras, which we had this with the prequels. You know, you look back on them now 20 years later and people are starting to love them again. And it's just weird, man, because when you look at some of the other materials, and I know we'll get onto this in a little while, I think Star Wars works best. And we talked about, you know, the fact that there's now heritage in this new canon where there wasn't maybe five years ago. Um, it... it it gives you opportunity to connect all these stories with other things. So sure, a standalone movie might not have been as good as it could have been, but reading a book in five years' time that mentions something that happened in that in context of something else in that book, it starts to make the universe and the wider story better. So it's a really hard thing to do. Um, and it's it's a shame that you know, we've, I'm sure we've done it as well. I mean, certainly not to the extent of a lot of people online, but it's, 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 it must be tough to see the work that you put in either get loved or trashed. Because it's only going to get loved or trashed. No one's going to go, well, it was all right. No one thinks The Last Jedi was all right or The Rise of Skywalker was all right. It's either brilliant or crap. So that must be really tough, man. And it, it, it does make me wonder whether... You know, in five years' time, when we've got more High Republic stuff, and it's like, well, wait a second, Exegol was a place that the Jedi were struggling with, like four hundred years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's like this weird. It's like when you're building a product, or you're doing a design, or you kind of, you know, the 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 you look back on what you've built a year later, and the thing that was the the you know, I didn't like that thing, or I really love that thing, or. I've, I've needed the patience to wait for this full thing to come to fruition. When you look back a year later, you're like, why was I worried? course it's turned out all right do you know what do you know what i'm saying with that it's like it's weird isn't it it is weird mate and it's um i think it's just star wars fandom just summed up really it's uh it's weird it's weird because star wars fandom is extremely critical to a point where people will go nuts about it for years years on end and then all of a sudden, something else will happen in, in Star Wars. And then the other thing that they didn't like for years suddenly seems a little bit more appealing because this other thing has actually brought their mind back into a positive space. They start thinking about Star Wars a little bit differently and it's expanded a little bit more and, and whatnot and whatnot. And then before you know it, the prequels are awesome again. Uh, I say again, the, the, the prequels are awesome. And it's really weird. Like you said, I don't know of any other fandom that... I wouldn't say yo-yos around, but Star Wars has a you know has a habit of habit of doing that over the years, and I don't know maybe maybe comic book fans to a degree, but then again you know yeah 
things like New 52 and Future State and all that sort of stuff, you know, that doesn't really help. But yeah, it, it just seems weird. Like, and also Star Wars is generational as well, right? Because it's been around for such a long time. You've also got your parents' point of view that trickles down. Like, I know for a fact that my son, he will say like, oh, dad, there's something from Star Wars. I'm like, that's shit, mate. He's like, no, no, this is really good. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's not very good, mate. You want to stop watching that. And I shouldn't do it. And I, I have to stop. I have to remind myself and stop myself because I'm not talking to my mate down the pub or anything. I'm talking to my son and he needs to make his own mind and his own views and stuff. So he's like, but fortunately, he's quite strong minded. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he'll crack on. But so you've got that kind of generational, like, I like Luke Skywalker because my dad's a big fan of Luke Skywalker. But then you grow up and you see him in The Last Jedi and you're like, oh, he's shit now you know, I'm not a fan of Luke. <clears throat> and then you watch the Mando he's like, Oh, Luke's good again now. So Star Wars fans is like, really, like you said, it just, it's weird. It, it's just weird at times how, um, things that transpire to be pretty good, but just because you, you ignored fandom and you ignored all the noise that was going around it. Um, but you just don't realize it at the time. But sometimes I don't, I don't realize it at the time. Like I get caught up in the whole social swirl of what's going on around and, you know, and that social noise and stuff, especially around when the last Jedi was out and the rise of Skywalker. But who knows, maybe in like 10 years time, we'll have these like watch parties and everyone will go mad at the last Jedi in a good way. Like they'll be cheering and stuff. And, you know, when like Kylo Ren just cuts, uh, uh, what's his chops in half. And, you know, when they take on the other uh, Praetorian guards and everything, everyone will be cheering and going mad. A bit like they do with the lightsaber fight now with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul and Qui-Gon. You know, everyone loves that scene now. Everyone goes nuts for it. So it's a weird thing, dude. It's a weird thing. It is. And, you know, we, we live in this era of franchises where everything is multimedia now. You know, it's a very different world to 1983, 19... 19- 85, 1980, 1977, 91. And, you know, it's, you know, anything that we can remember enjoying is completely different now because it's got to be approached from a multimedia standpoint, whereas it didn't have to be before. Um, And that kind of makes me think that, so this kind of segues nicely into the next, next thing to chat about, which is, of course, Empire's 40th anniversary. And they released that certain point of view book. And so I've been reading that. And just like the New Hope one, there's some crap. There is some crap in there. Who chooses to write about the animals on Star Wars? I don't know. Because all those stories are crap, <laughs> in my view. You know what I mean? They're just not very good. Um, because there's nothing interesting in, in them. Like, there's one in particular where you're like, how does this beast know English or galactic basic? How, how are you thinking like that? And it just like that kind of thing. It just takes me out at the moment. But anyway, perfect diction po- from random space animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's going on with that? And they're enunciating the words better than me. You know what I mean? This Wampa can speak better bloody English than me. And <laughs> what's but what's fascinating to me is that you start to see. So there's a Boba Fett story in there, and this Empire Strikes Back from a certain certain point of view where it brings together all, and only in a few throwaway sentences, but it brings together all the things that we've seen with Boba Fett so far, except for the Mandalorian. 
Um, it brings Rebels in, it brings Clone Wars in, it brings Attack of the Clones in. Uh, it, you know, everything, all this background with Bosk and Dengar and uh, all that stuff that we saw in the animated stuff. It's the first time that a piece of content has been created with Boba Fett where they've had this other well of information and context to draw on outside of Empire or Return of the Jedi that's in canon. So it's sort of the first thing after all the animated stuff has been done that they could then reference all this stuff. And that just makes it infinitely more interesting. Um, and what what you tend to see as well, so, you know, there's another tale in there, one, one that's um, when Obi-Wan appears to, to Yoda and Luke on, on Dagobah. And he's adding so much context about Anakin and the Jedi. So you think, well, if I read this then go back and watch Revenge of the Sith. Of course that move is better because he doesn't just switch. He doesn't just turn on a on a sixpence. Actually, all this context that Obi-Wan's added 40 years later, actually that makes this movie better. And, and, it, and because it's all franchised out and there's a book that fills that bit, which is so annoying for moviegoers, but it, as a real fan, it does make you think that like in 10 years' time, we're going to understand why Luke bailed. We're going to understand what you know what happened with um, a little bit more with Ray, a little bit more with Leia, a little bit more with Leia and Han. Like there's such a rich tapestry, and then all this new High Republic stuff that we'll get to. Um, so it's, it, it makes you, it, it, it sort of makes you wonder if they go at this from a design perspective and just say, right, okay, we know actively that these are plot points, but here's the multimedia whiteboard. <laughs> And we're going to fill that one there. We're going to fill that one there. And there's there's two views to this. There's the, yes, they planned this sort of stuff scenario. And then there's the cynical, they didn't plan it scenario. And back to your point earlier, <clears throat> the people that are Kennedy bashers will always say that it's a plot point. The people that are Fav and Filoni lovers will always say that it's a planned omission so that it can be filled in later with some other content. And that's how Star Wars fandom is. If you love someone then you give them the benefit of the doubt. If you hate what they're doing, then they've made a mistake. You know, so it's this weird, it's just this really weird scenario to be in. But um, do, you, do you think, like, from your side of things, like, was it simpler being a Star Wars fan when there was less to consume? Like, could you enjoy the things for what they were? Or is it better now to have a lot more stuff to dig into? Uh, well, there was a there was a nice kind of simplicity about it years and years ago <clears throat> uh, when I was a wee nipper. Not that long ago. We're both still in well, our 30s. Yep. Uh, I'm not anymore. But uh, So back in the day, it was a real, and again, I, I need to take my nostalgia glasses off when I say this, but I, still, I, I think it still holds true. And that is back in the day, there was something cool about putting a VHS on <laughs> and watching a film with a packet of crisps and and that was it like you watched the film and that was it that was your um that was your thing so back like real back in the day uh yeah there was a, a kind of beautiful simplicity about that you weren't bogged down with oh, if i tweet this if i tweet that i enjoyed it am i going to get like 50 people tweet me to say that i'm a dick because i liked it you know, there was none of that at all. The only thing that you ever did that was kind of like that was at the school playground. Like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, well, my dad uh, gave me uh, Empire Strikes Back on VHS. I watched it like three times and it was amazing. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It was amazing. Yeah, obviously. Whereas nowadays, you don't really, 
I mean, I, you could probably you could do that if you chose to. What I mean is, you could you could just take yourself off social. You could take yourself off all that, and you could choose to just ignore sort of the raft of stuff that comes with it. So you could be like, well, I don't want to buy the books. I don't want to play the games. You know, I just want to watch the films and and just leave me to it. You could you could choose to try and do that, but. I just don't think it's embedded in people's culture these days. Like I know that as my son grows up, it won't be a case of he's going to go to the cinema and watch a Marvel film and that will be the end of it. He will then want the Funko Pop to go with it. He'll want to watch the Disney Plus series that relates to it. He'll want to buy the comics and he'll want to do all that stuff and he wants to watch some ridiculous cosplayer on TikTok, you know, falling out of his toilet window while he's trying to be Superman sort of thing. So it's, I think there is a, there's a coolness about it. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a coolness about modern day consumption of this stuff. But at the same time, I do miss that. What are you going to do this weekend? Oh, I'm just going to chill out and watch a, watch a film. But now that's not really enough, is it? You can't just, I suppose you could, but I don't know. I, do you get what I'm trying to say? There's like, there's no, there's none, there's none of that. Well, did you go on Netflix and watch the TV series that accompanies the three? You know, we have to do that now. So, yeah, there's sort of like a hyper consumption pressure where it's like, you're not going to the best. Have you really got the best experience of the Mandalorian because you've not seen Return of the Jedi? Like, argh. so you know, for someone, say my mum. I mean, she's seen Star Wars, of course, but if she'd not seen Star Wars and 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 she turns on to Mandalorian suddenly there's this immense pressure to be like, right, have you watched all the films? Because you need to watch all the films, otherwise you're not going to get the references. And it's also, it's like this weird thing as a fan because you want them to get them. You want them to enjoy it like you enjoy it. But they could enjoy it just as much, if not more, and certainly in a different way, just by coming into things fresh. So that independence is, you know, if you think even sequels back in the day, you know, Superman, Superman 2, Batman, Batman Returns, you think about even even more complex ones like Godfather, Godfather 2, there was a certain linear path that ran through them versus what is now like a horizontal and a linear path, you know, in that you've got to watch them in a chronological manner, but here's all this adjacent stuff and this stuff that's like kind of running parallel to it as well as being very close to it. Like it's not... This story doesn't even affect the one that I'm watching, but it's running in a parallel timeline where it's at the set, like Hulk's over there while Iron Man's over here. Who cares? Like it's not, and it's amazing for the geeks like you and me, but there's sort of this pressure where you, you, you potentially find it difficult, like you were saying, to isolate the thing that you're watching. And that's, I think that's why it's interesting to watch like, um, I think it was like Midnight Sky or Midnight, is it that Midnight Sky, the Clooney one that's on Netflix? Um, like clearly no intent to make a sequel. And whether you like the film or whether you dislike the film, you put the film on and, you know, not a spoiler alert because it it happened in like the first one second. But, you know, the earth being decimated by a virus by the looks of it, lol. We don't care what it is. We don't care what it was. We don't care. We don't want to know anything about it. It just freaking happened. Whereas it would be like, you know... If it was a franchise, it'd be, and here's the prequel, Fear the Walking Virus from the makers of Midnight Sun, starring a young George Clooney, CGI'd in. And you're like, fucking hell, like, leave it out. And so there is a, there's a certain <laughs> charm to, have a word, there's a certain, Neil, why don't you just, there is a certain charm to, like, just 
having this piece of content that you can love. But then to do a complete switcheroo on it as a Star Wars fan, we'd freaking hate that. Yeah. So we're damned either way. And there was a, um, and for, I think for a while that was good. Like back in the day. And I was only a young lad when these were coming out, but when the OT films were coming out on video and then when the last one came out, so when Jedi landed on video, I think Star Wars fans were happy to a degree that that was happening where you could just put on one of those three films or if you, at the time, you could sit there and and do a, 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 a trilogy uh, binge, which is all good. And that was okay, I think, for a lot of fans back in the day. But you know what, dude? There was this period in between Jedi and um, The Phantom Menace known affectionately by older Star Wars fans as the dark times where George Lucas had basically said, that's it. You know, even though he had started his adventure off in with episode four, he had literally, he confirmed, he said it outright, you know, there's not going to be any Star Wars films in the future. That's it. You know, I've told the story I want to tell. So for a long time, for years, you were just like, crap, there's the, the thought of no more Star Wars coming out was actually pretty, pretty shit so we relied really heavily on the eu at that point that's when people like timothy zahn and you know all these sorts of people that came out and created these good characters and everything like that and especially the video game like the video game game was really strong back in the dark time so i'd see what you mean dude but that only lasts for so long like if you're really into it as well if there's something that's really cool and you've been happy just to enjoy it as it is with nothing else then you start thinking, right, have I got withdrawal symptoms? I'm not sure. Like, I really want more of this thing. And then other fans start to want it. And then, yeah, so it's nuts, dude. But one more thing. Uh, is there a Superman film knocking around that's like three hours long? Uh, what do you mean? Well, there's, um, I was looking on um, iTunes the other day and I thought, right, I don't own the Superman films. Don't at me. And, um, I was thinking, right, I just, I really need to own them. I've seen them so many times, but I just really want to own them just from my own selfish point of view. So I was looking through Amazon and I was looking on iTunes or Apple movies, whatever it's called. And there was, um, like episode one, uh, sorry, Superman one, Superman two, the director's cut, Superman three, something else. But I heard that there was a, the, an, a different version of, it was either the first or the second Superman film mm-hmm. that was really long. That was like this extended version of it did i dream that i don't know if the the um i don't know if the timing's that long but what i think what you're referencing is the donner cut of superman 2 so could be yeah donner got richard donner um so they did a um a a co-filming on superman 1 and superman 2 so they filmed it all together um and they're essentially the same story which is why in the first superman zod and ursa and non get sent off to the Phantom Zone, but you never hear anything from them in the first movie. That's why, because it's, it's all supposed to be part of the same movie. Then Richard Lester came in, and in order to get directorial credits, he had to film 80% of the things again. A little bit like what's happening with the Snyder Cut, ironically. Um, so Richard Donner, I think it was in the Steelbook case that was released with Superman Returns included, um, maybe 2008, 2009-ish. They did a Steelbook version of the Doofs. And they brought Donner's cut back. So what they did was they reassembled Superman 2. And they actually were quite ballsy with it. They put a load of stuff out that didn't even have VFX. So there's a scene where um, Lois and Superman are traveling to the Fortress of Solitude. 
and there are just no VFX on it. There's just nothing. It looks crap, but the sto- it served the story really well. Right. Um, and it, so it's a bit Godfathery. In, well, it was it was Puzo, wasn't it, that wrote uh, wrote it? So it's 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 that's. I think it's that that you're referencing. So they do make up one long film, really, um, which is pretty badass actually when you watch it. And it's so even without the VFX that so I mean Superman two is a good film, the Lester one, but the Donner one is. I think it's far superior to be honest. I'll read you. I'll, I'll shoot you this link over. We probably shouldn't be talking about this on the podcast, but yeah, I'll shoot you this eh. link over. I found it on Amazon. It's Superman the movie. Mm. It's a two film collection, extended and special edition cut. Superman movie, uh, two film collection, three hour long TV version. Oh, interesting. I don't know whether to buy this one or not, or just stick with like the standard one. And Where are you th- sending it? Where are you sending it? Where are you sending it? Where are you sending it? You sent it in Slack or chat. Come on. We're not being very professional, are we? Nah. It's all right, though. It's all right. Listen, Sorry, Denise. Sorry, Denise. Yeah. Talking Superman. There we go. It's in... Um, oh, here we go. He sent it me in the old chit chat. Yeah. Oh, let's have a look then. Here we go. Here we go. Because mm. I thought... Mm. I, I thought Mark's seen Superman once before, I think. Once so or he, twice. <laughs> so you might know. Um, but yeah, I'm just such a sucker for the old Christopher E films, man. So I was like, right, I want to own them. But there's this three-hour version knocking about. I was thinking, do I need to have that as well? So this, this is what feeds into what we were talking about. I can't just it is enjoy, the Donner one. <laughs> I can't Sorry. just enjoy Superman on its own. Now I'm thinking, exactly. do, do I need to own like all of them plus this three-hour cut thing? It uh, it would be worth getting that, I think. I, I mean, you might be able to get it elsewhere, you know, without the required purchase of a DVD. But the uh, it's certainly... I reckon that's, and I've not seen this cut, but I reckon that's probably the one that includes the Donner stuff from Superman 2 and turns it into one big TV movie. I reckon that's what it is. Gotcha. Outside gotcha. of the aspect ratios and stuff, I, I would imagine that's what that is. All right. Well, I'll buy that as well so I can sleep at night. Can I lend it? Of course. <laughs> of course. Don't, buy it then. Don't have to buy it. All right. Let's right. switch gears a little bit. So we talked Empire's 40. You know, there's a lot of decent stuff going on with that. We, we, we enjoyed the celebrations with that one. Um, have you done the Certain Point of View book yet? I'm about three quarters of the way through. Have, how, have you dug into that one yet? No, nah, dude. No, because I've got the um, the first one I found a bit hit and miss. Like some mm. stories were brilliant. Others were a bit, yeah. So I, I want to read it, but it's just not. Um, I want to read a couple of other books first. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that one, dude. Um, well, I, I've, I've started reading it. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm pretty much three quarters of the way through it. It's same, same as the first one, dude. There's some real hit and miss. I mean, there is some rubbish. Um, he was rubbish. He yeah. was rash. Like letting go in the end didn't happen. And there is some stuff that's not very good, but there is some stuff that's excellent, just like the first one. So worth a read. Um, so that that was quite an interesting point. I, I'm, I'm interested what they'll do with Return of the Jedi. Uh, whether they'll do that. And even like, are they going to do Phantom Menace and stuff like that? I know it's weird, but you know, when it gets to that, will they do that? Hopefully so. We'll see. Um, well, that kind of led me to think about Yoda, which then led me to think about, well, we got a massive announcement in, in 2020 about this new High Republic stuff of which Light of the Jedi is now out the book. And I'm, I'm sure you picked that up and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that you're halfway through that. That's my next book as well. So High Republic's a big deal, dude. What's the what's the sitch? Have you picked the Light of the Jedi up? How is it so far? Um, what's what's the sitch with the High Republic for you? Yeah, it is a big a big sitch. This one, and I think um, 
Yes, I'm about a third, just over a third of the way through. So I read it a couple of days ago. And uh, yeah, I think it's, um, well, straight off the bat, dude, it's really, really good to be to be reading through stuff that's not based around the Skywalker stuff. That's the most refreshing stuff about it. It's, um, it's, uh, it, it's a, there's a, there's a lot of characters, you know, like the, 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 the other book that I'm two thirds of the way through, which I had to abandon, to start reading this one, but, um, alphabet squadron before I started mm. reading that, you were like, dude, it's good, but they're going to like blast you with like loads of characters, like loads of introductions to different characters and stuff. It's like that to a point. There's lots of different names that are introduced, lots of different characters. But it's kind of okay because you expect that because going into it, it's like, right, this is a completely new uh, era, new time frame. There's bound to be loads of people that outside of those little previews that the story group gave us and and other little things that we've seen on StarWars.com, there's going to be other characters that we don't know about. So it's pretty cool from that perspective. It's like, right, I'm reading a Star Wars book and I haven't heard Boba Fett, Luke Skywalker, Anakin, Darth Vader, the Emperor. I've not heard any of that at all. So it's just really nice just to be, um, uh, just to, to jump into a familiar world because the language that's used and everything like, we have things like um, hyperspace, hyperlanes, um, you know, Jedi, uh, you know, all that, st- the, the language and everything is really familiar and the way it's framed. But um, but the storyline is, um, and the characters are very, very different. So I think it's a good, it's a very good jumping in point and I think it sets everything up quite nicely. It's, uh, are we allowed, to, should we do spoilers? I mean, there, there aren't too many. And no, I'm no, not, I'll kill you. <laughs> and uh there aren't i won't go into details and i'm not too far into the book anyway but uh i i expected the book to be kind of light and fluffy going into it i thought the way that the whole high republic thing was set up to us was that this was the 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 pinnacle if you like of the jedi's ray um uh existence throughout the galaxy like there are many jedi and they're known a bit, a bit like when Obi-Wan tells them, tells Luke about the Jedi, like we were once guardians of the galaxy. And so it's very much that time where they're, um, looked that they're in high esteem. You know, they look, they're looked upon as these, uh, almost kind of magical characters, you know, cause they can use the force and, and all that stuff. So I thought it was going to be a, a light sort of intro into that stuff. Um, but it's not like the story starts with this massive disaster, and I think it's labelled in the book as the great disaster. And it's this thing that just blows, it just just seemingly out of nowhere. And um, that then leads into these other characters. Uh, in this book, they're the baddies. Um, they it leads into these other characters and they're up to no good. And they've been written very well. They're like these very scary, um, very cool characters. And then the Jedi themselves. Um, it, it's really cool with... You know, in the uh, I don't know if you got to it in in uh, the Fallen Order game, but there's a scene where Cal has these flashbacks and goes back to his training with his Jedi Master. It feels very much like that, where you've got these other Jedi Masters, and they've got their Padawans, and they're out, and they have to go and 
help all of these other people that are affected by this disaster. So it starts off with a bang, which is great. And, um, and so far, dude, I'm really enjoying the book. I think it's, um, and I'm, I'm trying really hard not to spoil it for anybody, especially yourself, but it's, it's just a really nice, refreshing way to jump into a new story, uh, new era of Star Wars with this story. So, and I think from what I've read so far, I'm definitely going to pick up some other stuff as that comes out, like the comics and things like that, because yeah, it's just a, I think Charles Sue has just done a fancy, it's just a really good intro into this era. So I think you'll like it, mate. I think you'll like it because I know you're a fan of like the interconnectivity between things. So it has that to a degree, but it's like an undertone. It's like, right. I get that. I'm reading a star Wars story. Everything feels familiar, sounds familiar, but I've got these bunch of really cool, new characters that are sort of acting on top of that. So yeah, I think you'll like it, dude. I think it sets up everything really nicely as well. I think it's, um, as long as these books sell pretty well and people like it, I think it'll be a good setup for other stuff, maybe like a TV series or a game at least. Yeah, it should be good. Nice man. Yeah. And they've got the acolytes, haven't they? Which they've announced on TV, which is quite a ballsy move considering the first book had not even been released when that came out uh, as, a, as an announcement. So yeah, I'm curious about it, man. I've got the, the books on pre-order. The, I've got the Cavan uh, Scott one, the Claudia Gray and the Charles Sewell one, which that one's just not turned up yet. It should do hopefully today. Um, and it's like, they've really got the talent out on this one. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in the comics and some of the other stuff they're doing as well. It's more difficult to pick those up and stay on top of them because they're like a weekly thing. But it's, um, I'm curious how it'll be received. And like you said, hopefully Star Wars fandom will respond to it in such a way that it gives it a chance to move forward rather than it just be a one-off art kind of fandom didn't immediately want us to carry on with it. So fingers crossed on that. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, it, it, there's a lot going on, I think, with Star Wars as well. And do, just kind of to finish up, do you think, because we've got... Actually, I'm going to reframe that. There was always a worry with different types of properties where it was like, well, you can't have two Batmans, you can't have two Spider-Mans, and now it's like we've got two Batmans and we've got two Spider-Mans. And it's almost like people that are making the decisions around content and IP understand that now moviegoers and consumers and readers are much more savvy than they actually gave us credit for. Like, we're not stupid. We understand that actually multiverses exist and this, that, and the other. You know, we, we, we understand that. Now, I know this is not a multiversal thing, but do you think there's a risk or is it just, is there no risk at all in having like these two timelines, uh, two timelines simultaneously existing? For the casual viewer, like how do you think that will be um, navigator do you think there's any need to worry about it or is it does it just not matter uh, I don't I don't think it matters mate really I think because the the amount of time like the just the sheer number of years between these two timelines is quite a lot there's there's no danger of of overlap at the moment anyway so I think it's cool I don't think people are going to be too fussed with it it's it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a similar thing, really. Uh, it's very different, let's say, to how they did something like Captain Marvel in the MCU. So with the Captain Marvel film, that was very much a right. This is set like way back in the day with like a young Nick Fury and stuff like that. But there was loads of overlap. You know, it was all... It's all quite overlapping and stuff. This doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's much, much farther 
before all of the Star Wars that we're used to. So I don't think it will be an issue too much. I think it could be if it could be if they start to early name drop things too much. But other than that, I know I don't think it'll be a problem, dude. I think we're good. Speaking of name drops, has there been any so far? Have there been any uh, any cheeky ones? Yes, there has. Yes, and um, mother. F- yeah, uh, they have name dropped Yoda, um, but not in a way that's like, oh god, here we go. So what I just mentioned around as long as they don't name drop too much, they have name dropped, but he's not in the story. They've just referenced and and spoken about him. Um, but he's not like, you know, in the Mandalorian, when we're talking about Boba Fett coming back, that was a big force that came into that show, like a big, big character. Um, and had the, but thankfully it didn't, but it has the potential to overshadow the Mandalorian mm-hmm. character. So, but it's not like that at all. It, it, you know, he doesn't overshadow, he doesn't, or anything like that. It's just sort of passing references rather than mm. let's talk about Yoda. So, yeah. Well, that's good because it, I, I think things like that give people a sense of understanding where, you know, the the prequels kind of struggled a little bit with that, even though, you know, Yoda was in them and Obi-Wan was in them, but they were different people and Yoda was a very different different representation to an Empire Return of the Jedi. And it's it, it's not so much later or other materials that you start to think, holy crap, actually, these did exist. And you you know they did, like, sensibly, you know they did, but you don't feel they did until you hear Luke reference Sidious rising to power in Last Jedi and all the, these other things. So I, I, I do get why they do that, and I think that's why they've chosen this time frame like we've spoken about. And I, like you said, as long as it's not gratuitous and overpowering, there's certainly, certainly nothing wrong with that. I think it, it will certainly help people to understand that, yes, we understand the vernacular, the hyperspace lanes and all this sort of stuff, but actually Yoda is kicking around. So good old faithful, all the parameters that we see for the Jedi, sure, they can be expanded on and shattered to a degree, but the Jedi are operating within this parameter set that we understand them to be operating in from other stuff because that person's there and we recognise that. So it's a very logical kind of consumerist move, isn't it, to, to, to kind of do that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm intrigued by it, dude. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so a big year for 2021. We're looking forward to it. Um, a lot to celebrate in 2020 with Star Wars. Hopefully, hopefully the rumour mill will calm down when it comes to like, Kathleen Kennedy's out. Like, let's just forget all that crap. Let's just get on with some decent content. Let's just get on with it. Let's just have some fun. Let's just put some good Star Wars stuff out and give give everything a little bit of a chance. Been a good show, this dude. I've enjoyed it. Just a bit of a recap, kind of shooting the breeze, easing ourselves into the year a little bit. Really enjoyed it and Huge thank you to you for listening, as always, and for tuning in. I know we've had a couple of weeks off to celebrate the Christmas period and festive season, so thanks for tuning back in. Do join us over on Patreon if you want to get involved with this show. You can get some swag. We're going to be putting some new swag together for Spark Rebellion, likely revamping Patreon a little bit, and maybe even doing something over on the YouTube as well if we get the time to do that. So thanks for everyone that, uh, t- that joins us on Patreon. Thank you to Denise for joining us today over on Patreon. You can do the same at patreon.com slash sparkofrebellion. If you want to discuss anything 
RE Star Wars. Hit us up on the socials. Just search Spark Rebellion. Give us a little at to the face and we'll, we'll be right there chatting Star Wars with you. But thank you so much for listening. I've enjoyed being back chatting Star Wars with you. And Gaz, cheers, dude. Enjoy this one, man. Good to be, good to be back. It is good to be back in the old Falcon, dude. Thank you very much. And thank you to Denise for jumping on board. And thank you to our other patrons, of course, for your continued support. It's all good, good, good. Thank you to our listeners for jumping back and joining us as we kick off our journey through 2021. It's all going to be good. So stick around. And I love that saying. Thanks for tuning in. I just love that. So tune in next week for another episode of Spark of Rebellion. We'll see you next time. Uh, Stay healthy and safe. And may the force be with you always.